success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And do we have an amazing invincible guest for you today? We have Yemi Penn. Yemi is an engineer by profession, an entrepreneur by passion, a mindset transformation coach by mission. She is the champion for the underdog, guiding others to create a memo written by them for them, a formidable force and thought leader on self-empowerment, Yemi Penn. Ladies, oh my gosh, such a joy, Yemi, to have you here today and to just chat with you and to share you with our listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kami. It's an absolute honor. I, I, I don't take it lightly when people create the space for people to be heard and to see and to be seen. So thank you so much for this. I'm excited to talk about many things. Oh my gosh, me too. So let's jump right in. Let's do this. Why don't you tell us how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible? Ooh, um, I'm trying to get better at summarizing this. What got me where I am today? I think the biggest thing was not settling for the status quo. I think somewhere inside depth of who I've been, it's, there's been this, this discomfort that there has to be more. But what always made it a bit difficult was that I felt greedy sometimes for thinking there was more. But what allowed me to get out of that was to look at other people. There are people who have come before me, you know, even within my personal family lineage, but then you look at people outside who have done things and have lived in different countries and, you know, started different businesses and had big families and cared for them. So I, I didn't feel alone. And I believe what makes me invincible is I listen to my higher self. That This is terminology I've only just started using. So to break it down, my higher self is someone I've gifted um, who has a bit more knowledge on the physical plane and a plane that I have no insight over. And so every now and again, if I need to make a decision, rather than sometimes just run into friends or family, I just check in with my higher self. And whether that's in meditation or reading a book or a sign, and that is what makes me invincible, is that I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by a higher knowledge and sometimes people that we call guides or angels. But yeah, that's I love it. that. I love that. So, so you, I, I, I hear your beautiful accent. And so tell us where, where did you get that? Where did you, where did you come from? Where are you now? Oh gosh, I am a citizen of the world. So I'm a British born Nigerian living in Sydney, Australia. However, right now I am in Santa Barbara, California. 
Um, you know, some people make jokes, especially being Nigerian, wherever there is land, we always find a way to build a home or a business. And I really took that to heart. But um, yes, I was born in the UK and that's where my siblings and I, you know, had a big, rich part of our, you know, adolescence, but definitely did stints in Nigeria to hone in on our culture. And, and since then, I, I have lived in Japan, but now Sydney, Australia, which is very much home. I do love the world. So every now and again, I try to get out there. Yes, that's amazing. And I love, I love your bio. I love how you broke that down, that you're an engineer by profession, an entrepreneur by passion and a mindset transformation coach by mission. If that doesn't define a purpose-filled life with intention, I don't know what does. So let's break that down a little bit. Tell us about like that time before, the engineer part. Ah, the engineer part. Well, there was a little bit before that. I mean, part of my culture, the African culture, is you typically follow in the footsteps of your dad's career. Usually the first son does, but then my brother was not interested. My dad was a lawyer. And so my dad said, Yemi, I think you should study law. And I did this at A-levels, which would be college or HSC in different parts of the world. And even though I semi-enjoyed it, there was something that just didn't, it didn't tick all my boxes. I'm very much a, I love variety. And I remember needing to decide what subjects I would take. And during this undecided time, my mum had bought a desk from Ikea. So you self-build it, it was a flat pack. And it had been sitting on the staircase for weeks. And we needed a desk to put the family computer on. And I remember thinking I had my own unconscious bias, thinking that my brothers were going to put this together, but they did not. So I opened the pack and I read the instructions. It said 90 minutes to self-assemble. That stuff took me nine hours, but the satisfaction was unreal. And that was the birth of wanting to become an engineer because I love the idea of, of creating something from an idea or nothing. And I, I, lo and behold, went and studied and failed the first year, but once again, decided to challenge status quo. And I've loved it ever since because it's, it's a challenge to have a woman in engineering is, is really rare, even today, still really rare. And I was interested because when people usually say you can't do that, I'm like, well, really, let me just have a look. Are you sure I can't do that? And, and that has been the beginning. I love what I do. I still, you know, I still have clients in the rail space. Um, but as time has gone, gone on, I've loved the idea of actually doing other things. I don't think we are just one thing. I really don't. We can't live in this multifaceted world and, and, and be told we should only have this one career. And so whenever I've had an idea or passion or I've liked the look of something, I've gone into it. And that's where the entrepreneurship came in. So whether it was opening a gym or writing a book and recently opened the cafe, it, it excites me. It makes me feel alive. And all of that, it, all, every single one of those things I've done has all been layered in transformation, which really is a shift in perspective. I couldn't have done those things if I didn't tweak my mindset. And you know, when you find something really good and you just want to share it with the world. And that was when I decided, okay, let's share it with the world, become a coach and just do different platforms. And yeah, the title just all came together, engineer, entrepreneur, mindset coach. I love it. And tell me this, what is your mission as a mindset coach? Oh, when you read my bio, it just, it flowed. Even I got, got goosebumps. My, my real mission is to guide people to write their own memo. 
that really is my mission. You know, I still get uncomfortable as a coach or hearing other coaches tell people what they should do. I think we are the guides and you do it so beautifully with your podcast. We are the guides. We bring information and let it land on people. What works for me might not work for you. And rightly so, because you might have a slightly different mission and then you having a slightly different mission allows me to rest so I don't have to focus on that because I'm like a cat with a mouse. I see a mouse there and if I see another one running and I don't want to run all over, I want people to step into their lights and, and fulfill their purpose. And I'm just, I'm so sure that divinely things would happen as they're meant to. Oh, girl. <laughs> Uh, that is amazing. And, you know, I, I'm going to bring this up right now about your documentary because we're talking about this memo and, you know, you're saying about people writing their own memo. So tell us a little bit about, I, I just had the honor to watch it recently uh, all the way through. And I had, you know, I had a little laughter and a little, you know, tear and it just really, um, it shifted me. I, I don't know how else to describe that, that it shifted me. So share a little bit with our listeners about this most beautiful, beautiful work that you've just done. So th this documentary is definitely the catalyst for the transformation work I want to do. I mean, I, I really do want people to fulfill their potential. Um, but there's something bubbling underneath. I think it's been the elephant in the room. And it's around trauma. So the documentary is on trauma and it's titled, Did I Choose My Trauma? And this starts off with me telling parts of my story because sometimes until you tell your story to whether it's a team, a room, a nation, a universe, do you then give permission for other people to actually acknowledge theirs and then tell it in a safe space? So the documentary does that and it looks at different, different aspects of trauma and invitations to heal it and different views. And we, we try to squeeze as much in without overloading people within 20 minutes. And don't wanna say that was a brainchild, but that was a topic I was reluctant to do because I'd managed to convince myself that nobody wants to hear about trauma anymore. And that, you know, I will be told I'm a victim. And so I thought, how can I do this in an empowering way? Firstly, I want you to see me as a human being but I also want you to lean into a different dialogue that we can transmute our pain to power. So the documentary has been an absolute joy to create and even better to release it and get the feedback. And so the intention is, is to do more, is to secure funding, secure movement, get it wide and far so we can start having these conversations regardless of how uncomfortable it is. But if we layer it with compassion, it needn't be. So I'm, I'm ready. And you did that. You That is so beautiful. You layered it with compassion and you did give people around the world permission to stand up and mm. to stand with you and, that, and, and to keep them feeling that you were standing with them. And I think that's such a beautiful thing in the world anytime, but especially in 2020. And so, you know, there's so much of that that goes on in the world and has for many, many years. But I believe that it has increased, uh, you know, trauma across the board has increased in every way that you can imagine um, in 2020. And, yep. you know, somehow we're going to have to deal with that and climb our way out of that. 
as a society. And so I think that the timing is so appropriate. And so I would love to talk with you a little bit about that, about, you know, innovation, you know, how are things shifting and um, what, what is different and how can we, um, you know, really pivot and, and successfully overcome even some of that trauma and the changes and things that have occurred in 2020 as we move into the end of this year and into 2021? Oh, such a beautiful question. And, and you use you used the word that has been definitely overused in 2020. However, it was necessary. And for me, this year, innovation was about pivoting. But I think we need to also add pivoting with minimal fear. I recently just released a video and every now and again, I'm just I'm just called just to do a video on social media. And and the call to action was that for most of us, our worst nightmare has already happened. I mean, we, we live in a world that has systems that gives us certainty on how life is to be lived. 2020 has come along and completely made it uncertain. Whether we've had the time to stop and figure out, we, most of us are living our, our deepest fears. And I think once we get comfortable with that, that is when innovation is birthed. But first you have to acknowledge it rather than stay in a panic and say, I don't know if I'm gonna get that job. I don't know how I'm meant to pay. When am I gonna see my family? And this is the time to stop, stay centered, and figure out what your superpower is. Like we are all on the same boat, whether it's the president of the US or somewhere in Congo or in Switzerland, we are all in the same boat. And if you stop for a second, and dare I say it, assume that we have been given a semi-level playing field, your creative juices will come out on the offering you can give. Um, I don't know how this is everywhere, but there are governments, definitely in Australia and in the UK, governments are giving packages, financial relief. So if money is an issue of, you know, lack of resources, I'm telling you it's coming, but you would need to shift your perspective and be alert to those opportunities. And during the silence, figure out what is your superpower. And I, I, I'm a big believer that our dreams choose us. So if you stop long enough, what it is you are meant to do, even as just a small project to start that might take you to that mission, will come up for you. So for me, as we go into 2021, is for people to say to themselves, if money was no object and time wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? And then go do it. This is the time. I mean, one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, he says, when would now be a good time? Now is the time. Now is the time because I, I don't like saying this. I work in the engineering field and a lot of people tend to say, wherever there is chaos, there is opportunity. I would rather we didn't have to go through chaos to find opportunity, but trust me, there is, there is a silver lining, even with the trauma that's come through. Yes, we need to work through the trauma, but there is a silver lining. How can you use the power and the negative energy that's being stirred up and direct it towards something positive? I, I really, I mean, I just, I think I just gobbledygooked all of that, but this is something I'm passionate about. I want people to wake up now. I love that. And I agree with you a hundred percent. And, you know, it's interesting to see how 
some people are thriving, right? They are having their best years yet. And, you know, and other people aren't. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the industry that they're in, or maybe it's the mindset that they're in. And I know that that's Mm. a a big thing for you is transformation. What can you say, uh, you know, regarding that about mindset and, and helping, you know, get unstuck in that thought of, or, and the fear, as you mentioned earlier. Mindset really has a lot to do with what our belief systems are and I know that belief systems is a word that gets used a lot but if I can very quickly and I put this in one of my courses there's this pyramid of belief and if I can reel it out very quickly you have reality so that say reality is the base that that no one really knows that maybe unless you believe in a in a super being or you know whether it's God or the universe or mother earth that's reality and then on top of reality is your experiences something would have happened in your life or where you grew up so things you experience start to create your version of reality. And then what happens is there is a focal point. So for your survival, you've just focused on certain things. So you know that when you go to work nine to five, you will get paid at the end of the month. That becomes your focus. On top of that, you start to create judgments or theories. On top of that, you then create your belief system. And then on top of that, you have people who share the same belief system as you. And so therefore you all group together. What I'm suggesting to people right now is that they need to deconstruct their belief system pyramid. Yes, acknowledge your experiences, but what I would suggest is you start to surround yourself with people who are different to you and actually doing better for want of a word or doing something different. That's how you start to shift your mindset and just empty your cup, as I say, it. empty the experiences you know. I'm not saying forget them. I'm just saying put them to the side because if they take up your whole space, you can't learn anything else. So even simple things like joining a group on Facebook, Facebook, what do they say? How is that different? Why does it make me uncomfortable? Is it because it is challenging my belief system or what I know to be true? that that's the first one I say go easy go easy just lean in and listen to a different narrative and be be the um the kind what do I call it? observer be the kind observer of what is making you either comfortable or uncomfortable with that group that that would be my advice I love that deconstruct. So we yeah. haven't talked about that here uh, during this 2020 season. I I feel like that's the only thing to call it at this point. Uh, but yes, that's amazing. And empty your cup. Words, yeah. profound words of wisdom right there. Profound. Thank you Thank so you. much for sharing Thank that. You. Oh my gosh. So let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Right. So I'm probably on lots of social media platforms apart from Twitter. I'm not as active, but you can find me on my website, yemipen.com. So that's Y-E-M-I-P-E-N-N. And if you put my name into Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, they are all there. Um, I'm, I'm keen on using my voice. I was definitely the shy kid, um, but now I intend to use my voice for good. So I would love to connect, reach out, tell me parts of your stories and, and who knows the synergies and synchronicities we can create. Yes. And speaking of using your voice, let's talk about this upcoming, exciting. Yes, girl, I'm so (laughs) excited for you and just can't wait for your special day. But I know that you're preparing for your is it your first TEDx? Speak? It is my first. It is my oh, first. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So your first TEDx speaker. Oh my gosh. So tell us all about that. 
Yep, so that is taking place in Ocala, Florida on the 7th of November. Um, we will have a link attached, but it's going to be there are a number of speakers between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. And the theme is voice. So we have a lot of people, whether it's voice um, for courage, you know, voice for social activism. And mine is about, you know, voice for courage, because I'm also going to talk about trauma here. But this time, giving people some real clear actionable steps to transmute their pain to power and actually give them a number of nuggets as I like to call them on how you can shift your perspective because it's really about how your trauma can serve you and humanity at large and I'll give examples of people who have done it before so really asking people to lean into a different narrative so I'm, I'm really really excited about that I've, I've, I've practiced it I'm comfortable with my message now I just need it to flow and hopefully reach people around the world. Oh, I believe it will. And I'm just excited and cannot wait to see. So yes, amazing. Congratulations to you for that. Thank you. So, you know, Yemi, uh, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we will feature fierce female entrepreneurs and we will share with them their expert zone of genius and give them tips and ideas and strategies that they can use right now in their life or their business to make changes right away, which we did. And I thank you so much for that. But we also promise them to let them in behind the scenes. We, I know it's like backstage of the movies, right? <laughs> right? So we promise we're going to let them behind the scenes and we're going to share with them the journey that got you to the success that you're enjoying today. Because as women, we tend to compare ourselves, right? Yeah. So we compare ourselves to other successful women that are, you know, in their success part of their journey where they're celebrating while we're still in the journey part, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we compare, which we should not do, but I haven't found a woman yet who I've convinced not to, <laughs> right? It's just something that we do. And so mm -hmm. as much as we work on it, we, we always, that shows up. And so we love to share a little bit about the behind the scenes so that we can encourage these women so that they can believe that they can overcome whatever obstacles that they're facing right now and they can have success too. And so I would love to have you share with our listeners a story about the good, some good part of your journey that you celebrated. Oh yeah, this for me, the good for me was, was quitting my job and setting up my own consultancy. The feeling of freedom was unreal. Now, don't get me wrong, I was scared. I don't, it was my first time I ever had a panic attack um, because I just didn't know what was going to happen, but it felt so good that I just needed me to be my biggest champion. And that's always going to be, a because for me, that was the beginning and that's where I am today. It was just making that choice to jump from one rope to the other, acknowledging there's that free fall or seeming free fall in between. But that that's still one of the best feelings I, I have because for me, it was, it was freedom. And then when I won my first contract with the government, oh, I thought, why didn't anyone tell me about this? Why don't they talk about this in school? So yeah, that's definitely good for me. And I think it will be for a long time, even when, you know, all these other contracts come through because that that was that was huge because that was the first time I unlearned something and it was so good. 
I love that. And I love that you said unlearned because isn't that mm. what it's all about? And yeah. sometimes it's not about learning more. It's about unlearning the old, the old patterns and the old, the old things. Yes. So that's amazing. So I'm going to ask you a question about that real quick uh, before yeah. we move on. And that is uh, how do, what are, what would you say to women that right now are trying to make a change and maybe they are feeling that same fear? Could you give them some something around what you did to overcome the fear or do it anyway, even afraid? Yeah. So look, I, I, I want to be really open and honest here. Like you said, it's behind the scenes. So I, I still am. I mean, I've got a partner, but I, and I definitely was then. I just got divorced and I was a single mom. So for me, what I did was I, I literally thought of my worst fear and my worst fear. So it, I think because that's partly what our challenge is, is that we don't even allow ourselves to get uncomfortable. But I promise you that if you get to the end of that discomfort, you're going to find out that your worst fear is not even realized. For me, it was being on a plane and dying alone and changing jobs or creating my own consultancy was not going to put me on a plane. So I, I started to find myself being safe. So get really clear on what your level of discomfort is. And that usually takes away the sting of fear. Then I figured out why do I, why do I want to set up my own business? And it was because I wanted freedom to choose the jobs I wanted to do, the projects. I also wanted to take my kids on holiday because I couldn't afford it as you know, one income salary. I really wanted to do that. And I, I made a list of that. And that why the pool was so strong that it made me jump. And because I knew that if I jumped and I fell, my worst nightmare wasn't going to happen. And that that was all I needed. I didn't overthink it. I definitely minimized who I told because I didn't want them to start giving me their issues on top of it. And I did it. But I, I, I really think I really think that's the big thing that people miss is get through the discomfort of what your worst fear is. Figure out why you want to do it. But the why has got to be really strong and then just do it. Just do it. I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Now we have to take a turn. We're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about the bad. So do you yeah. have a story? I'm sure you do, right? I haven't met a mm -hmm. successful female entrepreneur yet who didn't have a story uh, of bad. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about the bad. Yeah. The one thing that comes to mind and, and this, this still hurts a bit, but I'm going to get over it. So when I started my own business, I started to earn about four or five times more than what I did before. And my money story had not been created yet, meaning that my money story then was if I have any money at the end of the month, because typically I'd have nothing, then it meant I hadn't paid a bill. So what did I start doing? I started to create bills on some sort of crazy level. So whether it was buying something that I didn't need just so that the money was finished because the idea of money sitting in my bank account made no sense. And so for me, the bad was I decided to invest in a property that hadn't been built. It was off plan. And, and this was because I was nervous. I felt like, oh my gosh, this money's going to burn in my bank account. And I went in and something told me that I needed someone who had a bit more knowledge or experience than me. But I was so nervous that I just went in and I put down $50,000 and I just started, you know, to some that might not seem like a lot, but it was a lot, you know, even now, I mean, that that's huge to start a business with, you know, these are the things you want to go to the bank for. And sadly, I, I, I lost it. I lost it because the contract was, you know, there were some things in it that I hadn't obviously read or understood as well as I could have. And on top of that, they'd also had something in the contract that said they can still come back for you 
20 years later if they feel that they struggled or missed out as a result of you not completing on the sale. So for me, that was it was bad. And not just because of the monetary thing, it was because I hadn't I hadn't focused on my money story, which I think is a really strong part of entrepreneurship. You know, people say whether you have money or not, you remain the same person. And if you've never been taught how to manage money, it can it can go the opposite way when you get lots of it. And so I'm still working on that. But for me, that that's that's a bad experience that um, I, I don't want to repeat. And I'm OK because failure is just feedback. And that was feedback, but definitely a bad experience. I love that. Failure is feedback. If everyone mm-hmm. could look at it that way, right, then it wouldn't Absolutely. seem so detrimental to the journey, right? Exactly. So do you have one tip, um, mm-hmm. maybe the biggest tip about getting your money story straight? Oh, I think it's back to the belief system. So that pyramid of belief systems I spoke about can be for everything is what was your experience with money? So I've, I've got, you know, I've got money webinar. If you check on my website, it's there and it's just, it just runs. It's to go back into your psyche of what did you hear your parents say? What did you see around people? What do you find yourself saying, you know, to your kids or to your partner, to your friends about money? And then ask whether that is where you want it to go. So I'm till literally yesterday evening reading a book and finding out that I still have a ceiling on my money. Like I'm telling myself I can't earn any more because it will change me. I mean, and I'm out here trying to make a difference in the world. I need to change that money mindset if I want to make a difference. I'm, I'm a giver, but then I'm also not a receiver. I struggle to receive gifts. So these are these are really minuscule things that you don't think have an impact, but they do. But you need to stop long enough and write down all your belief systems and then go back with a clean mind and say, is that is that belief system going to get me to where I want to? And most likely it will be no. And so I'd be saying change it and then make sure you do it every day. The other thing I would say is a gratitude list. Seven days, do a test, seven days, write five things you're grateful for about money. If someone gives me a discount on a coffee, I am like looking to the universe and saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for the discount. Or, I, I, you know, I got free membership while I'm here in Santa Barbara. I mean, that saved me about $500. I mean, previously I'd have been like, no, let me pay for something. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude is all about the law of attraction. More will come. That for me is huge for changing your money mindset. Oh my gosh. And I love what you said about you're trying to help the world, right? You're trying to help people. You've got to, you can't be caught up in that. And, you know, one of the affirmations that I use uh, often is that um, the more people I help, the bigger my paycheck, right? And so, and it really keeps me focused on like, don't think about money or any of that, but just be, you know, totally vested in that passion and that mission to help other people and to make a big difference and impact the world. And, and the more of that you do, and if you look at some of the wealthiest people, it's the truth, right? They are impacting a lot of people. And so it's really easy to use that affirmation. There's proof behind it. So it's easy to believe it. And if you just keep working in that, I love that. I love what you said. So the last thing is the ugly, you know, and everyone has ugly. And uh, what I find most times is that it's the ugly that leads us to the great, 
So isn't that true so much is that if it wasn't for the ugly, I feel like the ugly is where we are the best student, where we are learning the most and we are overcoming. And so share with us uh, just one of your ugly stories. You know, I just need to honor you there because you just gave me a shift. I actually think my whole body just moved there because I was about to give an ugly story, which I still was but I'm still in the ugly and it needn't be because I want to celebrate how it's changed. So my ugly story sadly is still going through. And and the only ugly thing I can think of was the separation between my daughter's dad. And, you know, and I'm I'm absolutely fine being personal here because I want to be real. It was, we, we were young. We were young, still trying to figure out who we are. We still are trying to figure out who we are. I mean, Maya Angelou says until our last breath, we still figure out who we are. But for some reason we thought we had it then. And I think in the process of the separation, we we just we just hurt each other. I mean, like really hurt each other. And when you hurt each other, you hurt your kid. You you do. And you know, we are having the challenges now. And I, you know, it's not about blame, it's about reflection. And for me, it it's it's ugly because it changes for me, it changes the DNA of your body, it changes your mind and love. But like you rightly said, and thank you for that, is what that did for me, because I, I definitely haven't followed things according to the memo, not for want of trying, is when I got with my son's dad, it was to make sure that that didn't happen. So even though my son, my ex-husband, we're now divorced, he's remarried, we have a great relationship. Literally two weeks ago, I spent the best part of 10 days in a blend, blended family with our son, my ex-husband and his wife. And that's that's the story. And that's because I had that contrast of that ugly experience. And, and, and please know I'm saying ugly experience, not ugly individual. For us to ever have discomfort with the other parent means we have discomfort with the child and the memories we brought in. So, you know, that that is still painful because we still try to work through it and we're still work in progress. But I'm learning from it. It's not failure, it's feedback. And I'm so grateful that I worked on me and, and had this amazing relationship with, with my ex-husband. So yeah, thank you. That was an aha moment for me. That, really that is was. amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that and just for being so authentic here. And you know, these are these are the conversations we have that really do help other women when they hear them. And it gives them permission to stand up. It gives them permission to fight. It gives them the courage that they need and the belief by hearing your story that they can believe in your story until they can believe in themselves. And that just is making an impact around the world. Is there any final things that you would love to share? Any last thoughts you'd love to tell our listeners as we wrap this up today? First, I just want to say thank you, um, honor you for creating this space. I really do. I've loved every part of it. And I guess the last message, which I touched on earlier, but please, please, please hear me. If you are thinking of doing anything, um, your dream has chosen you somewhere on a different level. You said you wanted to do it. Please be fearlessly authentic and go do it because we need you. That is a mic drop right there. That is the absolute (laughs) mic drop. And for our listeners, uh, all of Yemi's 
Uh, information will be in the show notes. So just click the show notes and you can find uh, her documentary, all of the social media sites, her website and her TEDx talk, which we're so, so excited to uh, have you put that out in the world and uh, make even a bigger difference. So thank, thank you, you so much, Yemi, for being here. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you're face down on the ground, get back up, girl, get back up you can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.